What do you feel like saying to God? What do you feel like saying to God, even though we have been going through a pandemic for over seven months? What do you feel like saying to God, even though everything is probably not perfect in your life? Is there anyone here whose life is perfect? Can you put your hand up? I'd like to see who you are. I'd like to ask you how you got everything to be so perfect. I don't see any hands. Um, you know, what do you feel like saying to God when you think of all that's happening in your life and in our world? Well, last week we looked at what a prophet had to say, the prophet Habakkuk. What, what, what Habakkuk said to God, even though life for Habakkuk and the Jewish people was very difficult. Habakkuk prophesied around 612 to 589 B.C. in Judah. At that time, Babylon was becoming the dominant world power, and they were very brutal. They were becoming the world power, and Judah would soon feel Babylon's destructive force. And here is what the prophet said. Here is what Habakkuk said, recorded in chapter 3, verses 17, 18, and 19. And we're reading from the Good News Translation. Normally I use the New International, uh, New Living Translation translation. But uh, today I'm using the Good News simply because it's a little easier to understand in this particular translation. And so if you'd like, read it out loud with me. Read it here in the sanctuary. Read it in your homes, wherever you are watching. Together. Even though the fig trees have no fruit and no grapes grow on the vines, even though the olive crop fails and the fields produce no grain, even though the sheep all die and the cattle stars are empty, I will still be joyful and glad because the Lord God is my Savior. The Sovereign Lord gives me strength. He makes me sure-footed as a deer and keeps me safe on the mountains. Amen. In part one of this message, which I shared with you last week, we, we talked about this first truth, which was and is this. Even though we are in a pandemic, or whatever the even though might be in your life, in your life, in your life, all right? I will give thanks because God is my Savior. That's what we said. And uh, I asked the question, what does that mean? And I shared with you the fact that it means uh, essentially two things. It means that God helps us. The Lord helps us. And last week I read to the congregation of some of the testimonies people sent me of how the Lord has helped them over, this past, uh, over these past seven or so months. And if you didn't hear some of those testimonies, you can listen to last week's message and be blessed by what those dear people had to say. And so it means that God helps us. It also means that God saves us from the consequences of our sins. He saves us from the consequences of our sins. Now, 
today, let's go into our second beautiful truth, which takes us into verse 19. And here's our second main truth from this passage. It is this. Even though, all right, pause, pause. And, and, and you, you can fill in what it might be. Even though, for example, even though I've, I've had some losses, even though you've experienced losses in different ways over this, these last seven or eight months, okay? Even though I will give thanks because the Lord is my strength, right? Because the Lord gives me strength. Yes, he does. So Habakkuk 3.19 says, The sovereign Lord is my strength. Moses and the people of Israel sang in Exodus chapter 15, verse 2. They, they, they sang, The Lord, the Lord is my strength. I don't know what tune they sang it to, but I'm sure it must have been a good one. To begin with, I want you to think about this point A. The Lord promises to give you and me strength along this journey of life. In Isaiah 41, verse 10, it says, God is speaking here, and he says, Don't be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. I will hold you up. Some of the translations say, I will hold you up with my righteous right hand. If you look back across the year, you will find many times when you didn't think that you had the physical or emotional or spiritual strength to make it through another hour or another day. Some of this year, some of you here, and those of you watching and listening outside of the sanctuary, some of you were shocked by the death of a loved one from COVID-19 or from cancer or heart attack, some other illness, or through some tragic accident. You felt weak. You felt weakened physically, emotionally, and spiritually. I remember going to the home of a dear man whose wife was dying of cancer and he had chosen to look after his precious wife for months in their home while her health deteriorated. It was an act of love on his part. At that point, his very ill wife could no longer talk. But as I talked with the husband and I discovered all that he had to do for his beloved wife every day. As I, as I look back, and I'm sure that as he looks back, he too would say, truly, the Lord gave him the strength to make it one day at a time. Amen? And, and I saw that happen not only with that dear family, but uh, with several families, other families during the course of this year. They depended on the Lord's strength day by day. There, there's a song by Linda Randall which says, One day at a time, sweet Jesus. 
That's all I'm asking of you. Just give me the strength to do every day what I have to do. Yesterday's gone, sweet Jesus, and tomorrow may never be mine. Help me today. Show me the way one day at a time. Isn't that beautiful? Amen. Others of you have gone through various situations which zapped your strength, and, and you didn't know how you were going to make it. Some of you this past year were very sick. Others of you had major operations. Some of you lost a job. And some of you had a family member or friend disappoint you big time. And others of you had someone stab you in the back. And some of you had major investment losses because of the pandemic. And you are watching and hoping and praying that those losses are, 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 are going to improve and, and your investments are going to increase. Others of you got worn out because, because of your children's demands. Some of you have little children that are very demanding. Mommy, 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 daddy, daddy, mommy, daddy, mommy, daddy, mommy, daddy. And the reality is some of you have grown-up children that are even more demanding. Amen, said a few, right? Some of you have struggled with depression, discouragement. And there have been times when some of you felt you, you didn't have the strength to make it through another day, but you made it. And to your surprise, you are continuing to make it. You're continuing to make it. Why? Because the Lord says, I will strengthen you and help you. I will strengthen you and help you. Is there amen in the house? Amen. Right on. Well, not only does the Lord promise to give you and me strength, but here's a point B to think about. The Lord says He will renew. He will renew our strength. In fact, Psalm, Psalm 23, verse 3 says, it says, He renews. He, say it with me, He renews my strength. Right? He renews my strength as you face your future even with the challenges of COVID-19, be encouraged because the Lord will renew your strength, renew my strength. And what else is beautiful in Psalm 84, verse 5, is that it says, what joy for those whose strength comes from the Lord. That's, uh, that's from Psalm 84, verse 5. What joy for those whose strength comes from the Lord. Wow! Isn't that beautiful? Right? Sandy Patty sings a beautiful song called There's Power in the Name of the Lord. And the song says this. Some of the, some of the words in it are, are as follows. There is strength in the name of the Lord. There is power in the name of the Lord. There is hope in the name of the Lord. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And then the song says, when my plans have fallen through and when my strength is nearly gone, when there's nothing left to do but just depend on, on you, on God, and the power of your name. 
And as we call upon your name, your strength through weakness to show, we can know the Master's plan, extend the Master's hand when we come in the name of the Lord. There is strength in the name of the Lord. There is power in the name of the Lord. There is hope in the name of the Lord. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Amen? Isn't that wonderful? Another musician, Stephen Curtis Chapman, has written a beautiful song called His Strength is Perfect. And the chorus says, His strength is perfect when our strength is gone. He'll carry us when we can't carry on. Raised in His power, the weak become strong. His strength is perfect. His strength is perfect. Beloved, let us truly thank the Lord who gives us strength. Right? Yes. Let's go to our third beautiful truth. And it is this. Even though, and once again you can fill it in, even though I have felt down and discouraged, perhaps, even though I will give thanks because no matter how rough and tough life gets, God will not let me stumble and fall. God will protect me even in dangerous times and places. This truth comes from the second half of verse 19, where the verse says, He makes me sure-footed as a deer. And Psalm 18, verse 33 says the same thing. It says, He makes me as sure-footed as a deer, enabling me to stand on mountain heights. The same phrase, or the same verse, shows up in 2 Samuel chapter 22, verse 34. All three verses, Habakkuk 3.19, Psalm 18.33, and 2 Samuel 34, say the same thing. Now, when God puts the same sentence in the Bible more than once, especially more than twice, it means it's very important. And you and I can pay and should pay great attention to it. It's truth that you and I can really depend upon. We can grab a hold of it and appreciate it and believe it and be encouraged by it and be lifted up. Amen? Now, what does it mean to be sure-footed? Sure-footed. Sure-footed is defined as unlikely to stumble or slip. The verse says, He, the Lord, makes me sure-footed as a deer. He makes me sure-footed as a deer. Now, I don't know very much about, about deer, um, although I, I, I did learn a little bit a few months ago. I was driving home, I think it was about 11, 11, 15 in the, in the evening, and uh, as I was getting close to home, this, this large deer just jumped. Uh, I mean, just jumped right in front of me. It, fortunately, it did not hit the car. I did not hit it. Uh, but uh, it just 
whoa. And I, I thought, what, what happened? What, what happened? What was that? And I, I realized it was a deer, but, but it, it looked actually like, uh, like it, it would have even almost jumped over my car. Uh, it didn't. It, was, it happened just a little bit in front of me. But uh, I, I realized that, boy, can they jump. But anyway, I haven't known a lot about deer, so I did a little bit of reading and discovered the deer are very agile and sure-footed. That is, they're not likely to stumble or, or slip. They can climb, apparently, to very high places without falling where, where most other animals cannot go. I, I've been aware that you know, goats can climb to high places, but I really didn't know that. How many of you knew that deer can, can go to high places? How many of you? Oh, not many of you, not, just two, two or three, I see. Okay, so what the verse, what the verse, he makes me sure-footed as a deer means is this. It means no matter how rough and tough life gets, God will not let you or me stumble and fall. One author uh, by the name of Bonnie Lynn Smith says this. She says, Habakkuk was choosing to praise and trust God at a time when his nation Judah was not, was not trusting in God the way they should. It's not as if Habakkuk was making this statement when his stocks were doing well, his promotion kicked in, or his child made honor roll, and his mother-in-law decided she liked him after all these years. He was declaring truth about God without feeling it or even seeing it. My friends, let's give God thanks and praise because no matter how rough and tough life can get, God will not let you or me stumble and fall. He will not let us down. He won't. Joshua in the Bible was a dear man who led the people of God into the promised land. And when he became very old, he said something very important. He said many important things in his life after taking over from Moses. But uh, in his very old age, he, he said the following, recorded in Joshua chapter 23, verse 14. Joshua says, Soon I will die, going the way of everything on earth. Deep in your heart, hearts, you know, he's speaking to the Jewish people, he says, deep in your hearts you know that every promise of the Lord, your God, has come true. Not a single one has failed. That's what Joshua said to his people very late in his life. He says, deep in your hearts you know that every promise of the Lord, your God, <clears throat> has come true. Not a single one has failed. That, that verse reminds me of the song, He never has failed me yet. I'll take a little drink of water and 
Maybe I'll do a little better by drinking some water, huh? When I travel the pathway so rugged and steep, when I pass through the valley so dark and so deep, and when snares for my soul by my foes have been set, Jesus never has failed me yet. He never has failed me yet. He never has failed me yet. I have proven him true. What he says he will do. He never has failed me yet. He never has failed me yet. He never has failed me yet. I have proven him true. What he says he will do, he never has failed me yet. May it be for you and for me, for Anthony. Thank you, Anthony, for playing for me. Um, I, 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 by the way, I have a, a long ways to go to catch up to Johnny Cash saying 90 million records, 90 million records. I mentioned that last week. <laughs> but my friends, not only, not only will the Lord not let us down, but the latter part of verse 19 says this. It says, he makes me sure-footed as a deer, and listen to this, and keeps me safe on the mountains. Say it with me. And keeps me safe on the mountains. I have hiked some mountains over the years. Uh, how, how many of you here have, have hiked some mountains? Let me just see. How many of you? Uh, not many, but a few. Okay, a, a, a few. All right, interesting. All right. Well, you know, I've hiked a few mountains, and I've skied some mountains, like um, Lake Louise, Lake Louise Mountain in Alberta, and Whistler Mountain in, in British Columbia. Any of you skied uh, Whistler or Lake Louise? Any, any of you? All right, okay. Do you, do you dare go down those black runs? Those are tough. Those are tough. I like to stick to the green, and by accident, sometimes I end up in the blue, which means they're a little harder. But anyway... Um, the truth is, you know, whether you hike or you ski these mountains, there are many dangers. There are many dangers. And Habakkuk is saying, God will protect us, even in dangerous times and places. Isn't that marvelous? He, the Lord, will protect us even in dangerous times and places. And obviously, 
You and I have been living through COVID-19 for over seven months now. And I understand that all of us have had to live with various inconveniences because of COVID-19, like wearing masks and waiting, waiting in lines and um, needing to sit three people away from others and not being able to shake hands, not being able to hug, and, and um, all, kinds of, all kinds of other uh, matters, right? Uh, in my case, in my instance, I, I went for about four and a half months, four and a half months with staying at least six feet away from my kids, their spouses, and staying away from my grandkids. It was especially, it was especially hard uh, not being able to pick up my, my four little grandkids for over four and a half months. And it, it was tough sometimes um, when I would go to the backyard of my son and his wife's home, when I'd go over to just say hi and, and, and see my two little grandkids from, from their side, uh, their little daughter, Everly, their little daughter, would Ever, Everly, would, would start to run towards me. She'd start to run in the backyard. She'd start to run towards me uh, as she used to, as she used to, and then, you know, I would grab her and twirl her around, and we'd just have some fun together, and and so when she'd run towards me, I, I'd have to say, Everly, stop, honey, stop, 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 stop. And, and of course, she would, she would stop. She would stop, oh, six, ten feet away from me. And her parents explained, her parents explained, and I, I tried to explain to her why I couldn't touch her, I couldn't hold her, and that. Um, uh, but, uh, so, you know, we've gone through different experiences. By, by, by the way, I don't want to get off topic here, but, uh, but one time I was in my son's backyard and, um, and little Everly, three-year-old, says to me, uh, at that point her parents had gone into the, into the house, and the little, little sweetheart says, uh, Papa, well she calls me Dedo, Dedo is the Macedonian word for, uh, for grandfather. She says, uh, Dedo, uh, can you push me on the swings please? Push me, please. I said, well, honey, you can, you can push yourself, swing your legs like this, and you can, you can push yourself, because I was trying not to touch her, right? And, Dedo, I need your help. I need your help. I said, honey, you can just push. No, no, I need help. Anyway, so I thought, okay. If her mother or father had been there, I would have said, you know, go, guys, can you go and push her uh, so I don't get too close to her? So anyway, they weren't there, so I thought, oh, okay, I know what to do. I'll go behind her. I went behind her on the swing. I went behind, and I started to push her from up in the, um, uh, the top. I started to push her at the top, push the ropes from the top. So I just push, you know, and got her going, push, and swings back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. So she was going very well. She was swinging very well. After two or three minutes, after two or three minutes, she says, Dedo, you're not touching me. You're not touching me. And I said, that's right, sweetheart. And then she says, Dedo, virus, right? Virus, virus. I said, well, it's best for Dedo not to touch you. Anyway, so 
Um, finally, finally, uh, towards the end of July, I thought, okay, let me go get a COVID test because, you know, it was over four and a half months. Let me get a COVID test just to make sure I, I don't have it in any way. Got the COVID test, was clean, no COVID, and, and so after that, then I became a part of the family bubble, you know, bubble, I'm part of the bubble family, <laughs> part of the family bubble, okay. But anyway, all of us have had some unique experiences throughout COVID, I, I'm sure, right? And even, even last week, even last week, we became very concerned uh, that our six-year-old grandson, Yanni, uh, developed a very high fever. He developed a very high fever and other symptoms causing us to wonder if he uh, picked up COVID-19 from school. His parents, of course, took him in uh, to be tested for COVID, and uh, it was found out that he does not have, he does not have COVID, and Yanni has recovered nicely from whatever he had. Well, all of us, all of us have been living with some COVID inconveniences, right? But the good news is, God will protect us even in dangerous times and places. And for that, you and I need to give Him thanks and praise. Right? Right? One of the greatest stories of God's protection in the Bible is the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Some of you would know this story. Daniel chapter 3 tells us of these three Jewish boys who refused to bow down to the king of Babylon, King Nebuchadnezzar. The three young men grew wise and became respected as, as high-appointed officials in Babylon, in Babylon. Other Babylonian officials became jealous. They became jealous of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and they were able to get King Nebuchadnezzar to command that all people, all people bow down to a golden statue. When the three men refused to bow down and worship the idol and worship the god of Babylon, basically, King Nebuchadnezzar had the three fellows thrown into the fiery furnace, which was heated seven times hotter than normal. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had faith. They had faith that God would save them. And when King Nebuchadnezzar looked into the fire, he saw four men walking around in the furnace. And Daniel chapter 3, verse 25 says, Look, Nebuchadnezzar shouted, I see four men unbound walking around in the fire unharmed. And the fourth looks like a god, he says. The king then brought the young men out of the flames. Daniel 3, verse 27 says, Not a hair, not a hair on their heads was singed, and their clothing was not scorched. They didn't even smell of smoke. Well, the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to higher positions in his government. And the king decreed, he announced, that the God of Israel must be worshipped. And people started to worship the God of Israel. 
my friends. How is God? How is God protecting you? And how will He protect you in the future? Only the Lord knows the answer. Only the Lord knows, but I do know. But I do know that God will protect you even in dangerous times and dangerous places. That's what the Word of God tells us. Psalm 27, verse 1 declares, The Lord is my light and my salvation, so why should I be afraid? The Lord is my fortress, protecting me from danger, so why should I tremble? May you be encouraged, my friend. For the Lord is my fortress, protecting you and me from danger. So why should we tremble? There are many, even those in your life and mine. But I would say to all of us here at Rosewood Church of the Nazarene in the sanctuary, and to all of our viewers in Toronto and Ontario and the East Coast, in Alberta, down in the States, in the Caribbean and in South America, I would say to us, even though, number one, I will give thanks, and I invite you to give thanks, I will give thanks because God is my Savior. And number two, I will give thanks because the Lord gives me strength. And the Lord will give you and you and you and you strength. And number three, I will give thanks because no matter how rough and tough life gets, God will not let me or you stumble and fall. God will protect us even in dangerous times and dangerous places. And for that, we say, thank you. Thank you, Lord. But my friends, the question is, in order for us to truly have the assurance of these truths that we're speaking of, we have to, you and I have to know that God is your Savior, that God is my personal Savior and yours. Now, how does He become that? He becomes our personal Savior when we understand that He loves us. And because God loves us, He wants us to have a relationship with Him. And we can have that relationship as we seek forgiveness of our sins. We ask the Lord to truly forgive us. And the reason we can be forgiven is because God came to earth in the person of Jesus and He died on the cross of Calvary to pay the price for your sins and your sins and yours. So now we can be forgiven. We can be adopted into the family of God. We can receive His Spirit and we can have the assurance of, of salvation and the assurance that someday we'll be in heaven with the Lord. And so I ask you, have you repented of your sins? If as yet you haven't, this is the day to repent.
This is the day to say, I'm beginning to trust in Jesus as my Savior, the one who died to pay for the consequences of my sins. And Lord, I want to truly dedicate my life to you. And so whether you're here in the sanctuary or whether you're watching online, if this prayer expresses the desire of your heart, would you pray this prayer right where you are with me? Would you pray this prayer whether you close your eyes or you keep your eyes open? Pray, pray this prayer and look up to heaven and say, Lord, thank you for loving me. Today, I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Forgive me, dear Lord. I know I can be forgiven because Jesus paid the price for my sins. And Lord, I take Jesus as my Savior, as the one, the one who makes it possible for me to be forgiven and adopted into your family and receive the promise of heaven. Lord, I open up my heart, my life to you, and I ask you to take me, control my life, come into my heart, come into my life. In Jesus' name I pray. And as a person, as a person who sincerely has given your life to the Lord. Continue now to live your life in a spirit of thanksgiving, in a spirit of great gratitude, great appreciation for all that the Lord has done for you and all that he will do for you in the present and in the future.